Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. What is up, Inspire Church family, friends and family all over the globe? Yes. Yeah, all over the bay. Everywhere. <laughs> up What's and down up? California. I'm put, I hope you got your sanitizer. I'm putting a little sanitizer on because today we're about to get a little messy. Oh, um, I like that. You like that? We're back yeah. in the garage. I, I, my bot is I still here. Yeah. Um, and so just super excited to be here, man. I just want to say... Six weeks uh, of diving into emotionally healthy church. Yeah, um, I have been hearing great things from all of you guys out there. Right, book clubs going strong, yes. prophesying in the name of Jesus. Right, and um, man, just shout out to our, our our middle schoolers and our high schoolers sticking with us through this time. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. We love you guys so much. Um, I hope you're connecting, doing well. And um, again, Maryland family, what's up? What's up, Maryland? LA, Sacramento, yes. Hawaii, Hawaii, Metro Manila. Como esta? Yes. <laughs> Mexico, bro. I mean, it's just been amazing. And so, um, yeah, it's been a, a, a wild six week journey. We got to get into today, though. We're yeah. back in the garage. Some of you may or may not remember this was week one already. Wow, that's been a long time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, super excited to be here today. And um, and again, just a reminder, man, the garage, it's that place. It's that place where we we store, we stock, we hide, we hoard things in the garage. Yeah. Um, but it's also a place where we pull things out, we work on it, uh, uh, we fix, um, you know, and so we restore in the garage. Mm. And so I know God has been doing that for everybody watching. I don't know, Roger. Uh, uh, good to be here with you. I don't think I've even introduced myself. I, I uh, no, you haven't. Who yeah. are you? I am. <laughs> Who am I, I talking know. to? <laughs> that is the question, is it? <laughs> I am Philip, one of the pastors at Inspire Church. Uh, I'm here with Roger. Um, what is and that? so good to have you with us, man. Let's let's go ahead and just take some time today. I'm super yeah. excited about Principle Six mm. uh, from Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. If you haven't been following us. Please check us out. This has been an amazing series through this book, uh, A Mostly Healthy Church. Right. Um, and so principle six is making incarnation your model for loving well. You got a lot to unpack there. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, what is incarnation and, and so on and so forth. But here's what I really love about today. Uh, what you're going to hear is not just something that I think Pastor Roger reads and knows intellectually, but it's something that I've seen you do personally for the past year and a half, almost two years now that you've been a part of Inspire. Mm. You do this exceptionally well. Everyone who attends Inspire Church knows this and probably is gonna type amen and agree with this and you compliment me so well on this is you love people well. Uh, I think one of the things I really love about you, Pastor Roger, is that not just as a pastor, but as a friend, you know how to listen which I think we'll get into that. Yeah. And I specifically designed this so that you can teach us and teach me because I learned from you. I, I don't think I'm a great listener in a lot of ways. And, and I know I, I, God is, again, God is good. And I know, I, I know who I am, but I, right. you're just exceptionally well in this. And so today I'm super excited not just to hear from somebody who read a book and is going to repeat what the book says, uh, but somebody I think who does this exceptionally well. And you have big shoes to fill. Because Pete Scazzaro does kind of call this the the kind of climax uh, of the book. I right. mean, this is, you know, again, loving well should be what Christians do, right? Like, if we're not loving well, then who are we? I mean, yeah. and so really, th everything hinges on this man. And so, and so let let let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about why this is a climax, and let's let's talk about what loving well looks like, and and let's talk about the struggle of loving well in the church, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is this is very interesting, and and I'm excited to get into this. I, I think that the reason why this topic is so important, um, and I think the reason why um, the reality is is that churches talk about loving others, but I think they struggle in teaching how to 
at a very practical way right. to actually love others well. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's because at a church level, um, many times uh, we, we begin to do programs over people. That's so good. Right. And, and so, in fact, uh, what Pete says, he says this amazing quote where he says, it becomes difficult to distinguish between loving people for who they are versus using them for how they can join the mission. And I just right? got to interrupt really quickly yeah. because I'm already convicted yeah. because as a pastor. <laughs> me, too. me too. Right. As a pastor who's <laughs> planted a church and you see a big vision. Yeah. Sometimes the vision is not about the people. It's about the vision right. and you can use the people to accomplish the vision versus using the vision to work on the people. Anyway, bro, I just oh, want to yeah. say I'm super convicted by that because yeah, yeah. I know that happens in my life a lot. So this is really good. Right, right. I mean, and, and, and even in our own leadership pipeline, one thing that we ask is, well, why do we why do we even develop other leaders? Right. Is it to right. get the mission done or is it because we see poten- potential in people, Man, right? that's so good. Um, and so th- what's interesting and, and the reason why, and you just said this a few minutes ago, but the reason why, uh, you know, Pete says that this is sort of the climax of the book right. is because um, learning this principle, principle six, assumes that you've made progress in the wow. previous five principles, wow. right? Wow. Um, and, and so to the extent that I am maturing mm. um, and that we as a church are maturing in these in the first five principles is wow. to the degree in which we, are, we will learn to love well. Wow. Um, so this that's really deep. is sort of a pinnacle, um, but, but it, it, but it also creates sort of this problem, right? Because, and, and, and it's a huge problem, um, this distinction between sort of, uh, loving people for who they are versus, you know, sort of using them for the mission. And, and it's a huge distinction because in the 13th chapter of John's book, he, he records Jesus saying uh, this to Peter that, listen, the way you're going to be able to distinguish between people that are my disciples and people that are not <laughs> is by a certain way. And, and the way he answers, um, is completely mind blowing, uh, because it destroys really the religious matrix, right? It creates an entirely new rubric or scoreboard, if you will, mm. by how we measure success. Because he says, how the world will know my disciples isn't uh, how much Greek they know or, or how much Bible they right. study or, right. or, or how many right. uh, you know, worship services they attend, even though those are all important, how much fasting or how much you give, even though those are all vital. He says, how they're going to know is by how you love others. You said something really amazing. Uh, you do this often and you say so much stuff that I have to like slow you down. Be like, bro, you just <laughs> drop nuggets. And I love that you said, what is our measurement for success? Yeah. And and I feel like in the church, we've taken what the world calls success. Mm. And then we brought that into the church. Right. right? And right, so success right. is numbers. Success. What, you know, how much money did we make? How many people did we get yeah, in our seats? And, yeah. you know, how many services are you doing? You go to, you go to like pastor's retreats or, you know, these right. conferences and it's all about like, well, how many you got, bro? You know, how many right. you got? And, and, and success is all of these kind of external measures, but you're talking about it being measured in how we love one another. And to be honest, if that's the measure measurement for success, I'm not quite sure we're as successful as we think we are. Right, right. So if, if a church is, is looking at their discipleship pathway and saying, how are we discipling people? And if Jesus says, well, the way people are going to know you're my disciples, how you love others, then, then it, it changes the game. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, again, something that, that Pete says in, in the book that I think is amazing, especially in this chapter, is he says, making incarnation mm-hmm. a priority disrupts the church's priority and definition of success. Wow. Yeah. And I just dropped a word incarnation and that's going to make sense in a minute. But, but, but really what this whole principle does is, is it changes the game for how you understand church Christianity and really it, it, it then flows into how you raise your kids, your marriage, um, how, how you interact with, with other human beings. Right, right. I, you know, and I love that because you're taking it out of the church context. A lot of people are watching are not pastors, not leaders, maybe churches, not, but even in their careers, like you right. say, in their job place, like how, what do you measure success? Uh, climbing up the corporate ladder? Right. Do you measure success by how much money you're making? Uh, or do you measure success that you went to work that day and you love somebody well into the kingdom of God? Man, that, yeah. from the church to the street, bro, this is very convicting. Right, right, yeah. And this is great. And so let, let's get into it. Right, so yeah, let's get right into it. So, so I think the big question is, okay, 
how do we love well? I mean, mm. let's just, I mean, let's get, take it out of space and bring it down to earth practically, bro. Right. You And you do this well, so I'm looking forward to examples of what, but how do we love well? Yeah, and what I love about this chapter and what Pete does is, is and thank you for all of the compliments and, and we learn from each other, which is why I love the relationship that we're in. And and there are things that we are both definitely strong in that, that are similar, but also there are some things that, that you are very strong in that I am not and, and vice versa and we balance it. So I appreciate that. Um, what, what I will say is this, is, is this is very important because, um, you know, I, I think that um, there is this tendency to to ask this question, okay, how do we do that? And, and what he says is this, is make incarnation, and this is the principle, principle six, make incarnation your model for loving well. Wow. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so that, and so that's kind of the principle. So, so first we need to ask, well, okay, well, what is incarnation? I was going to ask you like, yeah. yeah. So, what, so make, inc- so we break it down, make incarnation your model for loving well. Right. So, so break incarnate down for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, this is great. So, uh, you know, it, incarnation it is, is basically a theological term that talks about when God took mm. on, uh, humanity, when, when God. And so in John one, it says that the word was in the beginning, you know, in right. the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God, right. right. Talks about how everything that was created was created by and through the word. Right. Right. And then go, if you skip down, it says, and then the word became flesh. Yes. You know, became human and and dwelt among us. Incarnate. Right. Right. And so that's sort of the incarnation. Right. And it's this idea. And in fact, Pete again says this in his book that it's where God invaded our planet and Mm. changed it forever. Right. That's so good. And and this actually kind of circles back a little bit to six weeks ago. Mm. In fact, a lot of points in this chapter kind of makes a full circle a little bit with, 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 with uh, the first principle because we, we, uh, as humanity, we, we don't necessarily have a problem with with Christ being divine that's or being God. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> sorry I about know. that, bro. Hey, that's what happened. Uh, but but <laughs> it's it, it's him being human that we have. We right. we tend to to minimize his humanity. That's so good. I'm right. gonna say this. So so say that again because I was swatting flies. My fault. No, it's because okay. I think that was so good. We yeah. we don't have a problem with. Right. So it, it's not so much that we have a problem with Jesus being divine. It's we have a problem with Jesus being divine and human. Right. And we tend to minimize Jesus's humanity. Right. 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 Um, and so and this is huge. And the reason why it brings it back is because this kind of goes back to week one right. where we're talking right. about that. the ch- Historically, the church wants to take spiritual things and make that super important right. and then take sort of physical things and downgrade Got it a little yeah, bit. Right. Yeah. Downplay it. So and, and, and that and that actually ends up happening, um, you know, within within this idea of of carnation. And so it's this act of God becoming incarnate, becoming human. And what he says is look at how God does that Mm. and then use that model for loving well. That is so good. Right. So look at what God did to come to us and then use that as our example, our model for loving others. It's so good. Great. Yeah. It's great. Um, and so, and so he, what he does, he says, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to do this well, there's three things, there's three sort of aspects or facets that, that you have to have in order to, to use incarnation as a model for living well. And it's entering into another's world is part one, okay. but point two is holding on to yourself. And point three is hanging between two worlds. So that's what we're going to go through okay. is, you know, entering into someone's world, good. holding on to yourself and point three, hanging on between sort of these two worlds. Love that. All three of those seem extremely challenging and all three of those, I can see this is what Christ did for us. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, let's, let's do it, bro. This let's is going to be fire. And this is going to be so amazing. And I, and I have to say that, that it, it, it yeah, let's just get into it. Cause it's going to be good. <laughs> so, so entering into somebody's right. world, entering right. into another person's world, the, the, the big factor here is really listening. When we talk about the fact that Christ entered into our world, so that's our model, because Christ entered into our world, we enter into other people's. And and how you do that, uh, one key way of doing that is is listening and listening well. When I coach married couples, one of the main issues that they come to me with is look, we need to learn how to talk to each other. Right. Communication's a problem. We need to learn how to talk. Right. And what I actually say to them is actually, no, what you need to learn to do is how to listen.
listen. So good. Yeah. Yeah. How, how to listen. Um, and, and it's huge. In fact, um, another quote uh, from this chapter is Pete says this. He, he actually quotes uh, David Osberger, who says, being heard is so close to being loved that the average that for the average person, the two are almost indistinguishable. Bro, that is. Can you please just say that one more yeah, time? Yeah, isn't that, that fire? Is so good. Right. Being heard is so, so close to being loved that for the average person, the two is, are almost indistinguishable. Man. And so in other words, to, to be loved is to be heard. Right. To be heard is to be loved. Right. And right. I just want to say, this is an area that I know listening is... <laughs> As much as I don't want to say it, going back to like, I think it was like chapter three or four, we actually took the test. Right. Yeah. I scored the lowest here. I, I'm mm. like a, an emotional adolescent slash infant <laughs> here. And so this is kind of stinging because this is really who Christ is. And I'm, you know, yeah. so listening is such a powerful tool, bro. I just, yeah, I just want to say again, man, this is, this is definitely... Uh, this is definitely cutting for sure. Right, right. And and I think what it is, is it's this idea of undivided attention. Right. And undivided attention in our generation is rare because we, we definitely live in a distraction generation. I mean, right. even when we are normally talking, how many times do we pick up a phone and we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking, we're like, we're, we're talking yeah. to each other, but we're yeah. doing something else. Right. right. And, and so it's mm. rare. But if, if we can learn to listen the same way that God listens to us, mm. it will change every relationship that we have in, in wow. our life. Yeah, so great. Right? So yeah, good. Be, because as we listen to people, it provides a way for people to be understood. Yeah. 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 Listening is uh, uh, really uh, something that we learn to do, right? Because a lot of times, too, we're, we're, we're um, thinking about what we're going to say next yeah. when somebody is speaking. We're not really... We, we're not oh. entering to the world or we're, you know, or fidgeting or looking around and just, I don't know. I'm just thinking all these practical ways. I know personally that I fall short, even just, even counseling. Sometimes people just want to be heard. Right. And I'm over here trying to fix the problem. And it's like, well, yeah. no, no, I didn't ask you for the solve. I just wanted right. you to sit down and listen to me. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, in fact, Becca gets on to me about this because if we, <laughs> when we get in arguments, right, um, sometimes I'm not even listening to her points mm. because I, I'm already thinking of how to interject or object to whatever it is she's saying to prove my point. To prove, right, and right. so our energy ends Guilty. up guilty. Right. We end up spending more energy on trying to prove our points than listening to each other. Right. And, and so, okay. and, and so here's the two questions that I just want to pose yeah, really quick. Right. Right. So question one is this, uh, for, for everybody that's listening and watching, when is the last time that you feel listened to? When's the last time you feel listened to? I remember, bro, the 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 Kleenex commercial, right? right. Um, where what 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 Kleenex did is they they put to, they they put together this sort of uh, photo booth stand. sponsored by Kleenex, right, 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 <laughs> and uh, and right, and, and in the stand they they had a box of Kleenex okay. and a camera, right. and it had one question. It said, "How are you doing today?" Wow! And in this commercial, people start to share how they're doing, and they begin to just cry wow. because wow. they feel heard. And in fact, Pete makes a, a striking observation in this chapter. He, he says this, that few people have ever had the experience of actually truly being listened to. Yeah. That's incredible. Right. And so, and so question number one is when's the, when's the last time you feel like you've truly been listened to? And then question number two is when's the last time you listened to someone? Mm. Right. And there are some amazing tools that he goes over talking about validation, exploring when right. it comes to listening. And right. we don't have time for that. Right. And so, you know, you're going to have to get the book, read it. Right. Um, but but I'll say this. I just want to share a story about my mom. Yeah. Um, so, so my mom and I, we, we did not have a good relationship growing up. Um, she, we were taken away from her when I was uh, three. Uh, she was a drug addict. She was a prostitute. Wow. Um, and uh, anyway, long story short, um, it wasn't until I married Becca um, that my mom started coming back into my life wow. and she was clean. She got saved. Mm. Um, all this stuff. I mean, her, her, her whole life transformed. Um, and, and that is something that sh that's celebrated. Right. But what I discovered is, is that I still had a lot of anger towards her wow. and her and my, I, I, inside I was like, why should I care about you when you didn't care about me? Wow. And one of the things that, that the Lord used to help heal that 
was allowing me just to hear her, mm. just just listen to her, and, and to allow me to try to enter into her world by 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 listening. Right. You know. That's that's, that's powerful, and I'm yeah. sure that made the world of a difference even for her. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's to, a, right. to know that her son, you know, to right. even get a space to. Yeah. That's so yeah. That's so deep, man. And you know, I want to say this. Proclamation of the gospel is an essential characteristic of the church. Mm. But I think that we get so caught up proclaiming, talking, uh, uh, that we also don't realize that there's a listening component. And, and we think evangelism is just talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Um, and it actually reminds me kind of a story too. And just over talking somebody and, and not being there to listen. Anyways, I just, again, I just think it's just that listening is so, is so powerful. Um, it's huge because when you look in the Bible, it's not just the, the, the Bible isn't just God talking to us, right. but it's also us talking to God. Yeah. I mean, you read David and, and everything he said, a lot of the prophets, I mean, they, yeah. they are crying out, they're mad, they're right. angry and right. God is listening. And right. then God asks questions and then, right. and, and you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and so it's and that, huge. And that goes back to, you know, Again, we're going way, way back to the beginning, but emotionally healthy spirituality, you read mm. the Psalms, the prophets, they weren't afraid to be emotional. Right. Right? Whatever yeah. that looked like, sadness, repentance, shame, depressed, and because God, because God in, invited that because he was a, he's not just a talker, but he's a listener. Right. Really, really powerful how listening can really bring down walls. Yeah. And anyway, I just... Yeah, and, and going back to what you just hit on with evangelism... Um, you know, when, when we talk about evangelism, it, it, a lot of times we think of somebody standing on a box <laughs> on a street corner right. with a megaphone. Right. But actually, relational evangelism is, is is really the most powerful evangelism. Talk about it. That that's out there. Talk about that. And 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 this is important because what that means is I'm going to enter into your world by hearing you, mm. by listening to you. And, and that is going to allow the gospel to penetrate yeah. this person right. in a way that it, it wouldn't have otherwise. And can I just say something about evangelism? Obviously, mm. as a pastor, pastoring a church, and my heart is for all of us to be evangelists. Evangelism can be intimidating because we think that we have 10 minutes to turn someone into a friend, tell them about Jesus, break down the gospel, be theologically correct, lead them to Christ, right? And it's like, yeah. and so that's intimidating, right? Like we have to do all of this in an elevator pitch, right. you know? Uh, and, and so a lot of people are afraid to evangelize because that's what we've limited evangelism to. Mm. But you're talking about relational evangelism in which, no, the goal isn't to win them the Christ in five minutes. The goal is to be their friend. Right. The goal is to listen. The goal is to invite them over for dinner open up your heart, your home, and your ear, mm -hmm. and that the Holy Spirit will ultimately bring them to a place where that Jesus that you have, they'll be so interested in knowing. Man, that's so powerful, and it really takes our fear of evangelism and our intimidation. It says, what, can you be a friend to somebody? Right. Can you listen to somebody? Can you open up your home? Anyways, man, that is so powerful. Um, I'm reminded of one thing, and then we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition you to, to the next, but yeah, Jesus put on skin, put on carnate, right? Mm -hmm. And the scripture says, and he dwelt among us. And I'm just reminded of mm. missionary trips. You know the ones in the Philippines. <laughs> but when we go Inside to the Philippines, joke. love hanging out with them. But yeah, right. Here's what's really powerful is, you know, I've heard of trips where people go on missions trips. And mm. some people will debate and argue about long-term, short-term. And right, I'm not right. here to get into that. We do yeah. some short-term mission trips. And, um, but here's the thing is, there are some people that go on mission trips and they, you know, they ride into the area the village or whatever, mm. they do their work and they leave and they go stay at the hotel, Ritz Carlton, right? Or whatever. They eat at the, you know, they eat it all. They don't eat what the people are eating. They don't sleep where the people are sleeping. And the beautiful thing about the incarnation of Christ is he put on skin, he came down to us and he ate what we ate, slept where we slept, lived among us. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just, you know, I'm going to come in and do, you know, get my, take my photos and my pictures, go on the gram and then I'm going to leave and live in the life of luxury. And there's just something power about incarnation. And right. anyway, I just kind of wanted to reiterate that. And um, I don't know if you have anything to kind of respond to that or we can kind of continue to move through. Um, I think a powerful thing maybe is it, you can talk about, Roger, I know Pete talks about is, okay, I'm loving people. Mm. I'm entering into their world. Uh, uh, I'm listening to them. But, but how 
how can I do all of those things mm. and still kind of keep these borders and boundaries for yeah. myself? Yeah. Yeah. What's cool is, you know, it, it's like, well, okay, how do I, how do I learn to listen well? And, and what is that? And what does that mean exactly? And, and a lot of times what it means is this is, is he goes on to say, you know, that you want to meet people where they are at mm. while holding on to yourself. Meet That's people good. where they're at while holding on to yourself. That's good. Yeah. So the first part is meeting people where they're at, incarnation. And the second part is, but how do I do that and not lose who I am in the process? Right, right, right. And That's so, big. and so first meeting people where they're at. When, when you begin to meet people where they're at, it creates compassion. In fact, mm. compassion becomes a byproduct of meeting people where they're at. Not, not where you want them to be wow. or not meeting them even where they should be. Whoa, that was big. Right? But because there might be things where they should be at a certain level or um, should be not meeting them there, but meeting them where they're at. Can, yeah. can I stop you? There? I know you're in a, again, bro, you dropped stuff. Not meeting them where you want them to be. Right. But meeting them where they're actually at as a pastor, as a leader, as a father. Yeah. As a husband. Right. I can't tell you how many times I had an expectation mm. different than somebody else. Yeah. And of course they didn't live up to my expectation because they're living in their own expectation. And because they weren't where I thought they should be. Right. Or I want them to be my son. Right. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, irritation, frustration, right? all of these things come into place. And, and, and it's like, wow, I'm creating expectations that somebody doesn't have. Right. And it really creates such a toxic situation. Yeah. In fact, you know, again, when I, whenever so I'm coaching somebody that's in marriage or whatever, uh, the, the gap between expectation and reality, Man. the larger the gap that is, the more mm. space there creates for silent frustration. Wow. Um, and, and so, and so how you get rid of That's that good. silent frustration is figuring out how do you close the gap between expectation and reality? That is so right? good. And, and Jesus does this so well at meeting people where that think about this again in John, mm. uh, it, chapter 11, Lazarus dies. He shows up later. Right. And, and Martha and Mary come meet them, Martha first and then Mary later. But what he gives them is completely different mm. with Martha. He gives her a theological hope because that's what right. she needed. That's where she was at right. with Mary. He wept. <laughs> and, and so, and so, so good. Right. And so he, he met them where mm. they are at, right. you know? And, and so meeting people where they are, what it does is it, it not only, and this is, this is so powerful. It not only, um, helps them experience the gospel, right. but it also uh, gets rid of sort of spiritual self elitism within uh, us. That's good, right? That's good. right. Break that down, please. Yeah, break that right? down. Yeah. So, in other words, <laughs> it, it forces me to not think that oh, I'm better than this wow. person. If this person would have made the same decisions so I would have made, on, then then they wouldn't be in this situation. How many times do we do right? that? We see people on the street. We see people right, on drugs. Right. We see people whatever they are. Watch this. When, when Jesus goes to talk about loving your neighbor, who's your neighbor, and and then he gets into the Good Samaritan right, story, right. the the fascinating thing about this story, and listen, I've preached it the other way many times, so I'm not I'm not you know getting on to anybody who's preached it different. Mm. But the fascinating thing about the story is when he's telling this person the story about the Good Samaritan, he's not saying, "Listen, you're the person on the horse coming by." He's saying, "No, no, no. I want you to picture yourself as the person on the street." Wow. He, he says, I, "I don't want you to picture yourself as the religious." person or the Samaritan, I actually, the way he phrases it, he says, I want you to picture yourself as the person on the street wow. that the good Samaritan is helping. Wow. It be, it, in other words, enter into that world mm. because it creates compassion um, and mm. empathy mm. And, 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 and you're able to do that, but not just meeting them where they're at which is important, but also holding on to yourself, That's holding huge. on to your That's world, right? And, and so let's get into that for a minute because th this is what happens. Jesus met people where that, so again, going back to, to Mary and Martha, he, he met them where, but he still held on, held on to mm, who he was, right? right? And, and, and Jesus was able to hold on to who he was because he knew who he was. He, he knew so himself. Good. So good. And this is key. Mm. This is key because before the Bible ever tells you what to do, it first tells you who you are wow. because you, because it, your action comes from your identity, right. not the other way around. Right. And a lot of times in our culture, 
Mm. Our identity comes from what we do. Right. Right. Who I am is, well, what, what do I do? Well, I'm good right. at this. I'm good. And that intertwines with our identity and it that's backwards. It messes us up. Oh yeah. It, the gospel flips the script right, on that. Right, totally. Right, right? right. And, and when you know who you are in Christ, you are actually able to love more freely mm. because you don't have to perform. Yeah. You don't, you don't need the approval. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you don't need to build up reputation right. for somebody. Right. And so you can love freely because you can say, here I am, here's my vulnerabilities. And now you see why the other principles start coming into yeah. play yes. because as you mature in those other principles, so as you look beneath the surface, yeah. as you deal with the past, right. as you learn how to grieve, mm-hmm. as you look at the spirit, the, right. the gift of limitations right. and so on right. and so forth. Right. When you do all of that, you you are becoming more free because you're you're realizing who you are in Christ, and now you can love people, um, and you can love better. And can I say something? You realize who you are, and who you are not. Right. Yeah. And yeah. how many times have I seen, especially pastors, leaders, and ministers? If you're a leader, a pastor, or a minister, if you're a leader anywhere, but specifically, I want to talk to those who are in the church. A lot of times, people who enter into the ministry have Messiah complexes. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? We love to save people. Yeah, yeah. We love to fix people. Right. And, and we lose ourselves because we know who we're not, but we don't know our identity. We think we're Messiah. We think we're Christ. We think we're God. And so mm. what do we do? We answer the phone at all hours of the night. We we can't tell people no. We, uh, uh, you know, we put ourselves and our family in terrible positions. And we know the stories in the book, right? Yeah. Because uh, 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 we think we are Messiah. And, and, and I've seen, and Roger, I'm going to let you talk about this because you're an expert on this. But I've seen so many people incarnate. Right, live with, dwell among, right. but like you said, they lose themselves uh, in, in kind of a codependency, right? And all of a sudden, it, it, it's a, it, it's about what I'm getting out of this, and it's not pointing people to the source. You're pointing people to yourself, right? And the source yeah. is Christ. And we have to remember. And I'm going off. I'm gonna let go ahead, Raj. I, I think this is so fascinating. No, no, that's so good. Yeah, and yeah. and and here's the thing, bro. I can relate to that so much because this was a huge issue in my marriage mm. because my ministry became my mistress because Jeez. I wait, thought- Wait, 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 my ministry, say that again? My, well, this actually is a quote I got from you. <laughs> my, my ministry became my mistress. That's so, but yeah. that's powerful, man. And, and, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm yeah. interrupting you, but, no, but go ahead. there are people out there that are, their careers are their mistress. They're, right, they're, right, right. Go, go, go ahead. But here's the key is I thought man. that I was loving people well because I was always mm. in their world and never, and never also in mine. Oof, and so what would happen so is I would be out doing things and I could not say no. I, I didn't know how to say no. And, and what can be a gift can also be a curse if it's not done within mm. the gospel, if it's not so held good. in a healthy, emotionally way. And then I had to realize, well, why am I doing that? Why right. am I leaving my wife at home right. and ministry? Or why am I, right. why am I on the phone right. and I'm counseling all right. these people and right. I'm doing all this stuff right. and, my, and my wife is there. Why am I doing that? It's because I had the Messiah complex. Mm. It's because the, mm. the real, in part was I thought I was loving well, but, yeah. but really actually there was, there was, <laughs> there was, a root behind that, right? right. Or underneath right. that, there was this, there was this thing of, of wanting to be the, a savior, savior, wanting to be right. a, a Lord, wanting to be right. some form of God. There was right. an idol there. And you know, bro, this is so big and, and I kind of want to jump in and share a little bit about this as well. But mm. um, if you know who you are, right, you also know who you're not. Right. And you'll understand that only God is all powerful. Right. Only right. God is all knowing. Only God, you know, we get tired, we get weak, we go to sleep. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Right. right? And um, and this is so big because I think early on in my ministry, uh, I had that as well. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed, I don't know, the emotional high, the rush of being needed, mm. being wanted being the fixer, the problem solver. And in a way, by always being there for people, I became Jesus to them. Yeah. And yeah. so what I built was hero worship, right? And instead of running to Christ, instead of depending on the Lord, they ran to Philip. Right. Right. Youth ministry. I mean, yeah. there are so many things I go. And, and what I did was I started to, it was illegal 
you know, Jim Anderson tells me this is il- stilling illegal honor, mm. something that was meant for God. I I hoarded for me, right? And instead of pointing them to Christ, I pointed to myself, and as a result, I I lost myself. I I, I did whatever I could or whatever to chase that. And let, I want to ask you mm. this: mentors out there, leaders, pastors, there are people out there in different outside of the church, inside the church, and this is going to be a curveball for you. Mm, okay. Uh, there's a difference between enabling and empowering. So how do we incarnate, not lose ourselves, and empower the people that we're ministering to and not enable them? That, does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and it can be a fine line sometimes because what, what ends up happening is um, they, beco- they, they become, you become their crutch. <sighs> Right. And, and so and, and what they need is a cross. And and so what happens is, is Can we tweet that. Right. right. <laughs> that Wait, was fresh you, off the that was just manna from him. You do that. You do that regularly. So can you please? I'm a, I know yeah. Becca. I imagine Becca in the front row. Say that again. Say it Becca, again. Pastor. Can you please, if you remember what you just said? Yeah. We might have to rewind the video. I think I do. Right. I, I said uh, I said. I think I said, uh, what you're giving them is a crutch, but what they need is a cross, mm. right? Golly, that Something is. like that. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, all the snappers out there. So good. Um, and, and, and really what it is, is it's remember. And again, how you, how you do that, how you is remembering who you are in Christ, because mm. what it does is it, re, it keeps the, it, it allows you to remember that you aren't the savior, that you are that you are not um, Jesus right. and that you have to point them, you have to disciple them yeah. to know how to do that. Um, and, and the problem is we get, we, we have, a, we have pastors who are excellent communicators. Right. Um, totally. they are amazing, you know, in, in all the various Very gifts. Gifted, right. Um, uh, but, but then when we begin to look at the church and the individuals, the members, right. And we realize, wait a minute, why, why is prayer so low? Mm. Why is it that we Uh-oh. can have a fire Sunday morning? But, but then when we call a, a Wednesday night prayer meeting, no you know, uh, 2% of the, of the congregation shows up. Wow. Why is that? Well, it's because we have, we have enabled and not empowered. That is so good. We have <clears throat> built ministries and platforms yeah. where public gifted messiahs right <laughs> and people will come and hear it see it eat it up yeah but they won't live it out because again we're pointing people to man the show yeah and not towards the savior yeah the cross. and you know i'm even thinking about like how does this how does this come down very pragmatically yeah what about the parent mm. you know what about right. what yeah, about, about what about the husband and the wife mm. um what about the friend what about mm. the coworker? right you know Again, you be, you need to begin to look at: Am I empowering? Am I enabling? Yeah, right. right. And 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 what's the motivation behind it? Is it because I'm not secure in who I am in Christ? Right. And the reason I'm not secure in who I am, and here we go back to the five whys right. that we talked about six weeks ago. But the reason I'm not secure in who I am in Christ is maybe I don't really believe this as much mm. as I thought I did. Yeah, right. You, you know what I mean. Right. Um, right. And, and maybe I need to go yeah. back through these five principles and yeah. really begin to dig this out. And I'm, f- I'm feeding this desire and this need for my own affirmation. Right. right? They come to me, that, that makes me feel good, right? right. Rather than f- being affirmed in what Christ has done for me, I'm affirmed in people coming to me. Right. And it creates a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say this, because you broke it down really, enabling, for those of you maybe are just like, well, what's those words, terms? Enabling means that I, I'm teaching somebody to always depend on me. Right. right. It's like that 20 something year old son or daughter, right. right? Still living in a house, still not paying rent. I think yeah. I was probably enabled for a season. <laughs> right, right. Right. And, and why would they need to learn to do anything different when mom or dad is always rescuing them yeah. and empowering is, is teaching somebody. You're not, you're not just abandoning them, but you're teaching them how to go beyond me and go to Christ or, and, and, and be empowered to accomplish, do, grow, heal above and beyond the need of my pastor, leader, savior. 
Right. Um, and so, man, I, I'm probably just reiterating well, stuff. And I, I think yeah. too, even Jesus demonstrated this, um, you know, on earth because he was constantly going away right. to pray to the right. father right. And, and to show that, Hey, listen, that, you know, that we have, a, we have a, there's a father in heaven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that, and, and that, and that's our source. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what, bro? You just brought it. Just what is so powerful about the Trinity? Yeah, <laughs> the Trinity is so full of humility. Yeah, because Jesus pointed to the Father. Right. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. Right. There's yeah. all this like deflection going on, right. and they, yet they all deserve all honor, all glory. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong, Jesus was the Messiah, and He spoke in those words in terms. And right. but nonetheless, even in the Godhead. Yeah. Right, the space and, and the place and the persons that should that deserve all worship, all honor and glory, they're literally uh, uh, in humility. Mm. Uh, 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 I don't want to say lifting each other up because they're equal, but in a sense, the Holy right. Spirit doesn't talk about Himself. He points to Christ. Right, Christ came and said, "Hey, you see me, you see the Father." Right, right? and I don't know. I just yeah, the, just, the, there's definitely within 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 God, the one God. Right, and we see, but but what we do see is 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 this manifestation of, of community mm-hmm. of three persons right. that serve one another. Right. And, and that is, and that is the, the, right. the definition of love. Right. And so, and love. so here's the thing. So they if, don't serve one another. They love one they another. Do. And so right. if, if you take away the Trinity, if you say, no, 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 God is not Trinity, mm. then what you then take away is, is love. Wow. But the Bible says God is love. Right. So now, so, so now there's a problem there, but anyway, we, we no, can, we that's can a little Trinitarian get, talk. Now, this look might at be you. too early. Right? This might apologies. be too deep for, for such no, this early morning talk. But but yeah, it's, you're. I mean, yeah. th- but this is so real. Right. And again, it goes back to this idea that I'm going to meet people where they're at. Right. You know, um, but I'm but I'm also going to realize right. that I'm also going to hold on to right. who God right. has created me to be and what He's called me to do, and, and so on and so forth. Right. Which leads into this my final part. Right. It's like okay, I'm going to go into someone's world but I'm not going to lose myself. So there's this, right? Pete talks about this two world scenario. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you want to jump into that, let's do it. Right. So then, so then the idea is, well, you, you are now hanging between two worlds. So to love somebody well means that you are, you are now hanging between two worlds, their world and and your world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And this is huge. And this is something that, we don't do and i don't know if the church has done a great job at, and i don't mean inspire i mean i mean the church universal right has, all of us right has <laughs> done a great job at 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 being able to teach because we, mm. The church tells us, you know, love people and, and serve them and right. da, 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 right. And so we, we, we hear these things, you know, right. take care of the poor and take, you right. know, we, we, we do that. Um, but, but then when a father gets home and he's like, well, wait a minute, how do I love my kid? Well, when, mm. you know, he's driving me up the wall or, right. or whatever the situation right. may, might be. Right. And, and, and so what happens is, is that it's because it's because they're not hanging between two, two worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you do this, right, then, then what happens is your world will Mm -hmm. automatically be impacted. And this is why people don't do this a lot. The reason they don't enter into someone else's world is because when you do that, it will automatically change yours. And in fact, he says this, he says this and Pete says this as a quote, he says, when you go out of yourself and live briefly in the world of another person, we never return to our own lives the same. In other words, we, we, or actually what he says is to our own lives as the same person. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. Um, I think what I, I want, I really want to bring this up in regards to that. Um, you're, you know, you're holding on to two worlds, right? You're, right. you're, you're living, you're incarnating in the world of another, but you're not staying there. Right. You're going back, let's just say home. Yeah. But home is not staying the same. Right. Because as you, as you love, as you live with someone else, and then you go back to your home, things shift and change, right? You, you, compassion, empathy, right. all, all of these things that a lot of, let's, I mean, as Christians, I think we can be very, we can lack mm. these things. And so you could tell we're not loving well 
and we're not because we're not incarnating, right? And because we're not incarnating, we're we are not a as we're not a compassionate people, right? So what hap- Right. So what happens is because if if I go into your world, then I put my world at risk. If I love you. I'm at risk of being exposed or being hurt. Mm. So I'm not going to do that. Mm. So because of that, then we create these facade communities of mm. ch- in church. And so, and so then what, so then what happens is, and, and you talk about this a lot is, is, is we have a friendly church, mm. but we don't have a church of friends. Is, is that the way you put wow. it? I can't remember. Yep. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, and I can't take credit for that. I, I got that somewhere. Okay, you know? okay, right, but, right, right. What happens when we listen to many I, podcasts? I want to talk about facade, pseudo community, pseudo. Yeah, it, yeah. It looks everyone like the hospitality teams out there waving in green. Everyone's smiling. Right, everyone's right. saying hi, shaking hands. People go, "Wow, that was a friendly church." Yeah. But then someone's at your church two, three, four, five months. They still don't know anybody's name. Yeah. Nobody's invited them to their home. I mean, and I know people that have left Inspire. They love Inspire. They love the preaching. Right. They love the Sunday facade. Yeah. But the reason why they've left is because they've been there for a year, two years, and yeah. there's no friends. Well, in some ways, they've joined the small group. Right. They've gone but, through the membership. Right. But then what they say is, well, yeah, the small group's cool, but no one's real. Right. You know, right. Uh, no one's being honest. Nobody's right. being vulnerable right. and talking about, you know, and it's because, again, we're not going into the other person's world. And can I say, you said going into another person's world is dangerous. And I yeah. want to say this. Here's another reason why. Because a lot... I'm going to hammer some people. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not talking about you. Yes, I am. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, it's easy to go to church on Sunday for two hours and then go to a connect for an hour and a half and say you're building community. Right. But to have to hang out with somebody, to have to spend time, to have to clear your schedule. Or how how about this one? I'll be praying for you. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, I'll pray with you. Right, right, right. 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 I'll pray with you. And, and you never do. And you, no, no, of course you don't. No, right. I mean, you never do. Right, right, I mean, yeah, right. you always put the prayer hands or whatever, but you, yeah, you don't yeah. really say prayer, yeah. right? But but I I think it, the reality is pseudo community, a community of facade, right, is all that, is that there are people that say they're relational and community, but they don't want to do above and beyond the minimum. Yeah. And the minimum requirement is that I do two hours of church, one and a half hours of connect if I'm a member. Uh, but... Above and beyond that, right? No friendships, no relationships, no meaningful engagement because that just takes right. too much time. I got other things to do. Yeah, or even with parenting, uh, parents, are you entering into the world of your child? Right. What What's the dinner conversation? What, what's the conversation like around the dinner table? Right. Are you just talking about grades and school and did it, right. you know, or, right. or or when they do something that upsets you, right. you know, and and you instantly want to spank them or yell at them, right. you know, and pretty soon you're yelling and they're yeah. crying and you're just frustrated. Right. Well, wait a minute, have you entered into their world right. or? Is or right. is is this relationship surface? Yeah. Is this relationship right. maybe mm. fake? Yeah. And and so you put the you put the family photos on on the IG story, right? <laughs> and, 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 right. And so and so what happens is you right. kind of you kind of have this you have this life right. that that according to IG looks good, right? right? right. And so it's it's sort of the Snow White effect where right. we look in our phone and we say right. IG IG, you know, tell me who right. I am, right? <laughs> and, and and all this stuff. But but the reality is is there's not real community happening in the home right. or in the marriage. Right. And it's because right. there's not real community happening at church. So good. You know what? That's so good. Whether it's in the church or in the home, nobody's listening. Right. Uh, nobody's incarnating. Nobody's empathizing. And as a result, you have husbands, wives, siblings, children, whatever. And everyone's just trying to be right. Everyone's trying to pull everyone into their own expectations. Yeah. But no one's trying to understand Right. Where everyone is at. And that takes patience. That takes love. Mm. That takes selflessness. And that's not, right. I mean, we're selfish people. That We don't have the time, the energy, the mental space to do that. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's what Christ calls us to be. Right. Anyways, I'm sure we can, man. Yeah. The, I mean, the, this, this, is, this is some powerful stuff. And again, you guys, when, when you're reading through um, how to become... Emotionally healthy, right? Mm. And, and you're looking at 
Jesus's life, yeah. right? And you're hearing these principles. It's not as though, okay, read principle one, read principle two, read principle three. I'm going to read all the principles. And because I've read through it, because I went through the book club, <laughs> right. now I'm emotionally healthy. Right. But, but, th- but this <laughs> right. is, but Absolutely. this is an ongoing process yeah. that you continuously do. And so I'm not just going to enter into somebody's world once, right. you know, but, but we, but I am going to enter into your world and here's, and here's the thing. Um, you know, Phil, when we were talking about this, you know, off off camera and stuff, um, and we're talking about, man, you know, how is it that that we that you that we love people? Um, he, here's why: um, when you enter into somebody's world, you're never going to be the same person, mm. and, and and we don't like change. But here's the reality, um, and, and you know, I'm I'm not going to get into my own life mm-hmm. just because of time. But the reality is, is because of the suffering yeah. and the pain so that, 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 that I, the, those moments of suffering and pain that, that, that I've endured in yeah. certain areas of my life, um, which again, you know, but, but here's the thing, whenever somebody experiences pain or loss or suffering, it always changes the person. Yeah. It will never leave you the same. It'll either make you more bitter mm. or make you more compassionate. Wow. It will either right. close you up or open right. you up. That's so good. And so at some point you have to determine, well, wait a minute, am I going to live my life angered and, and, and safeguarded and bitter or am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to access areas in my life and, and, and be, and, and allow this, that these yeah. pains and these sufferings and and these disappointments um, to make me more like Christ. Christ. Yeah. How are we doing on time? Um, I think we need to be wrapping I it up. Probably. Wrap up soon. Yeah. I, yeah, I just want to say one thing. I, you brought something out that's really important: suffering. Yeah, and I think it really is one of the differences I've highlighted as I've searched myself. Because I told you early on, I took a test, and this chapter right here mm-hmm. is the. In fact, if you go to page one eighty nine. You can actually, there's about 15 things that you can read. Yeah. And then it asks you to underline which one do you, like which one of these, do you, all of them you or some of them you? Right. And I scored really low here. And as I've been searching, because I want to grow in, I mean, loving well, make incarnation. I mean, this is what Christ called us to be. I'm a pastor. Like this is area I'm very convicted in. You said something that's really important that I've been processing for over a year now. Mm. God has blessed me in some ways. And when I say blessing, I mean suffering is a blessing. But I, I used to think not suffering is a, a, a like, oh, God has blessed me. But the reality right. is, is I, I don't think, I, don't, I haven't suffered as much as in some ways, right? Like I, I've had my parents. They've been, you guys know mm. my parents. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, they love Jesus. Right. Raised in a really good home. I've never wanted for anything my father has been, you know what I mean, amazing. Right. And I've realized in my life, we weren't rich or anything, but I've never been in need or even want. Mm. And this thing that I've considered a blessing has also in some, and it is, don't get me wrong, but has also in some ways uh, um, been a stumbling block to my compassion, to my empathy, to my ability to enter into people's worlds. Mm. And, and you brought it up. I, and I know your story, your testimony, yeah. we could be here for, I mean, it's one day you're going to have to give it all, write a book or whatnot, <laughs> but there's an element of suffering. There's an element of compassion and love that you have because you've been there. Mm. And I'm not saying those of us who haven't been there can't be that, right. but we have to be honest and open that women. Some of the lack of our compassion and empathy is because you know, we, we haven't, and yeah. I know God can bring me there, but in my right. own personal process, I realize it's a main area and reason why I think in a lot of ways I fail in this area more often than I succeed. I know I shared a lot there, but yeah. just, it was something that you taught. Right. Just, no, I think that's so powerful. And, and that's it. One thing I love about inspire and, 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 and this starts at top level mm-hmm. is the vulnerability and the mm-hmm. honesty that we can have within our eldership, within our board. Right. We, we are very honest and we are very, you know, vulnerable. And I love that. Um, and, and, and I, and as you were talking, I, I think there's one more thing and then we'll conclude, which is this. Yeah. I think another reason maybe people aren't um, 
aren't as loving or compassionate as maybe they, they could be. And because, because I appreciate what you said. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you do love and, and I've experienced your love in, in depths that is really unexplainable. Um, but what, what I will say is, is this is, I think there are some people listening who, um, are, are, are maybe still struggling with it. And I think it's because that they don't comprehend sin correctly. Uh, yeah. Because when you, to, to, to the extent that mm-hmm. you see how God forgave you, there it is. you'll yeah. forgive others. That's good. To the extent that you'll, that you yeah. see how God, what God's sacrificed, right. you'll sacrifice. Right. To the extent that you see what Jesus, how Jesus served, you'll serve. Yeah. And so as you begin to grasp the gospel, it begins to be, it begins to be the not just the model for incarnation yeah. uh, for loving well, but the motivation. Right. Your motivation to love so is great. because you are understanding how yeah. deprived your yeah. sin yeah. Um, separated you yeah. from Christ yeah. and the extent that He went to yeah. um, to be able to to close that gap and so and to Je- love you. And Jesus told right Simon the Pharisee, He said, "He who has been forgiven much." Right. Yeah. Loves much. Yeah. And he wasn't saying more people get more forgiven than another. He was talking right. about, he was aware of just yeah. how deprived they are. Right. And how much God has forgiven them. Right. And this is where awareness of sin is so key because, because of it. Take us home. Let's land the plane. Let's land the plane. You know, um, when you see Jesus in creation, right? right. When you see him in substitutionary atonement, mm-hmm. so dying on the cross. Right. When you see him resurrection, ascension, right? And even and even the second coming. Right. When you look at all of that, right? Um what and you and you grasp the, those truths, you grasp these realities, these facts. Mm-hmm. Um when that happens, when when you allow the, the when you allow yourself to get in the gospel and the gospel to get in you, right? Then <laughs> you love differently. So good. You love differently. You love you, you, you love different than any other group or community um, of humans. And, and here's why. This is what Jesus says. John chapter 13, 34 through 35. He, he says this. He says, a new command I give you. Amen. Love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. A new command. Well, what, wait a minute. What was the old command? Right. Well, the old command is in Deuteronomy, and he's talking about those old commands were about how to be holy. Mm. How, how, what, how does holiness come? Yeah. Well, I don't know what how you grew up, but my great, my great grandmother's church, it was a holiness Pentecostal church, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, my, you know, in there, the women had to have buns mm-hmm. and, and, and dresses and then the men had to wear long sleeve and pants. Right. Talk about and, it. and that, and that's great. You know, it, it, uh, it, but, but that's how you defined holiness and mm-hmm. holiness was on an individual level. Yeah. It was, it was all about you as an individual doing these certain things. Right. And what Jesus says, he says, well, listen, a new command I give you a, a new, a a a, a, a deeper understanding mm, of what that. holiness yeah. is, isn't just individualism, right. but it's community. Mm. It's how you love wow. others. And wow. if you love others, right, right then, right. then, and, and then people will know that you are a disciple, but it's not just loving others. It's how you love them. Mm. Do you love them well? Mm. And if we look at the incarnation of how Jesus came into our world, he came into our mess, Right? right, he came into our mess. We don't like into other people's mess, nope. but he came into our mess. Yes. He met us where we are. Yeah, he still held on to who he was. Right, right? he didn't. He didn't. He 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 came to a place where he served. He loved. He listened. Yeah. Right, um, and because of that model, when we look at that, then as a church, as a community, and then as individual peoples, we love others well i think philippians 2 i think it would be great for you to read that and pray that just pray over us i think philippians 2 um would be a a, a, the perfect way to end this roger and would you just kind of pray yeah let me get to it yeah no problem you have a bookmarked wow okay philippians 2 right here we go Sunday school bible ready go yeah i know bam um so it says this um 
Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if any uh, common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking into your own interests, but each of you (laughs) in the interest of others, in your relationships with one another, having the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, this is the incarnation, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness wow incarnation bro wow heavenly father this has been a challenging yes six or seven weeks as we have gone on this journey of allowing the gospel to get us to a place where we become emotionally healthy. And Lord, I pray God that we will continue to look to you as our model and to allow your incarnation, to allow your sacrifice, your death and resurrection to be models and motivations for loving others. Well, I thank you, Lord God, uh, that you love us, that you are always there for us, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love well this week. Good job. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspired Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspired Churches through Instagram at Inspired Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Churches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.